You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 25th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. We are officially less than two weeks away now from the NBA trade deadline, and it's time we bring in the expert. Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports is here with us. Keith, is this like kid in a candy shop for you right now with, with, with the trade deadline so close? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, t- I, I, I do what a lot of people do. I say, this is my favorite time of the year because I'm like that kid on Christmas who every gift is better than the one before it, um, where, you know, it's free agency is my favorite time and the draft is my favorite time. But, but I really do like the trade deadline because – it gives me a lot of um, – I love the rumors. I love the, you know, wow, how's this going to look? I love the looking forward to what it does to a team's roster and all that. And it, it also gives me that silliness of sometimes you have those teams like the Cavs last year make a almost, you know, trade away half their roster. And then you end up with those nights where, well, we only have eight players available and we get the one guy on the bench in uniform because we have to who's got a broken foot and everyone knows he's not going to play. And we started three centers because we just going to get through tonight's game so yeah I, I love the trade deadline for you know all the real stuff and the silly stuff too yeah i mean it, it, nothing nothing says the nba silly season quite like this time of year uh for all the reasons you said plus all the rumors plus all the jostling and and really no league i think is like the nba in this way a uh, baseball a little bit I, I guess but uh the nba it, it it just feels like this the trade deadline has become really its own event i mean it, the transaction i mean it, i mean that's partly your job and why it exists, the transactional part of the NBA is just as intriguing as what's going on on the floor. Yeah, it absolutely is. And one of the cool things I think with the NBA is compared to a lot of other sports, it, I mean, I guess baseball is this way too. It's you, you get the idea of I'm going to trade, you know, an all-star for prospects because that are going to help me be better because maybe my team's not very good. But in baseball, it might be, you know, three, four, five years before you see the fruits of that trade really come to come to play. In the NBA, it's more of like, all right, I traded this really good player for, for a couple prospects who now I'm expecting to see them next year or the year after or even later on in that same season. The other thing that makes it, I think, different from baseball or football is there's only 15, 17 guys with your two-way guys, but 15 guys on an NBA roster. So moving out one, two, or three of those guys makes it feels like it makes a much bigger impact than one of 53 football players or one of 25 baseball players. It, it you know, it, it, you have these big wild swings, and teams can look drastically different in the span of a day. Yeah, and I, I think Magic fans are certainly aware of that. Uh, in many ways, uh, probably with just one player and Tobias Harris, having acquired him at the trade deadline for J.J. Redick, one of the big surprises and one of the early moves that everyone was praising Rob Hennigan for, and then trading him away for Brandon Jennings, Arsano Yasova, <laughs> and eventually Bismack Biombo, uh, which was uh, not the best decision in the world, I, I-, I would say. So <laughs> I-, I hope Magic fans are listening to this while they're safely seated somewhere and not uh, not driving down the highway at 65 miles an hour. Yeah, def- definitely, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, uh, I'm sorry to bring up the PTSD of that. Um, you know, I-, I I remember sitting there like like that that can't be it. That that can't be all you're getting for Tobias Harris. So. Not 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 the best day for an Orlando Magic front office. Uh, not probably not the worst day, but it's it's, it's up there. Uh, but let's but let's start with the Orlando Magic because before we can talk about the trade deadline, you have to kind of assess where you're at as a team. And, and Orlando sitting at twenty and twenty eight, they're three games out of the playoff race, 
they seem to be in this really, really weird spot. Um, you know, before we kind of analyze that part, that the future looking part, what do you make of the magic season so far? Yeah, it, you're right. They're, they're in a weird spot. It's they're They've been, uh, I guess up and down with a little slightly more down than up, uh, this year they've, they, they go on these kind of two, three, four game, you know, swings where they look really good. And it's like, all right, they're within a couple games of 500. Then they come out of those and they might lose six out of eight. Now all of a sudden they're, you know, six, seven, eight games under 500. And it's, it's tough. They, they haven't taken advantage of home, home court really at all. They're one of the, 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 few non-terrible teams with a losing record at home and when you're you know losing record on road on the road which all but the really the best teams have that that's that's just too too much to overcome but then again they're in the eastern conference so they're sitting here you know as we record this three games out of the last playoff spot and i always kind of look at it as as you're approaching the trade deadline if you're anywhere within four and a half games you can kind of talk yourself into, all right, that's a three-game losing streak and a three-game winning streak for us, and we're right there. And you know, and that that's kind of where it feels like the Magic are today. And even their losses, they they never really seem to get killed. It tends not to recently, be at least. No, yeah, definitely not recently. And it seems to be, you know, it seems almost like they're inventing these new ways to, you know, crush you and lose games. Like, you know, uh, Vooch tipping a ball in that's still on the rim. As, you know, Ch- as the, change that the, rule, by the way. Uh, we, we need to change oh, that God. rule. Like, I'm the FIBA you, rule is far superior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm not yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. that. Be- yeah. I'm not just saying that. You, you know, I've been on that forever. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because the Magic just literally lost a game because of it. Uh, no, it, I remember you talking about that at summer league games too, and it's and it's so true. You know, it's it, it should that yeah, and it, it would just make everybody's life easier, including the officials. But so yeah, so that's kind of where you look at it with the Magic. It's uh you know it's definitely been a better season than in years past. You know, I think clearly in other years at the trade deadline they are um they're clearly sellers. You know, there there was a one year in there where they were, they were kind of pretty good, but the the rest it's it's you know pretty clear to I think to all you know most years and this year it's. All right, you know, but so I think, you know, like a handful of teams, this next week or so is going to be really big for them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and, and we've kind of, I've kind of, you know, starting with the, the Brooklyn game on Wednesday, I've kind of looked at the seven game stretch to the trade deadline as just vitally important because they're all against teams. There's only two teams the Magic play uh, now over the next six where of teams that are not in the playoffs. And the two teams that are not in the playoffs are Friday's game against the Washington Wizards, who are one spot ahead of Orlando in the standings, and the February 7th game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are in the playoff race in the Western Conference, just looking on the outside. So these are, you know, the next six games are very big as far as kind of rank ordering and separating whether the Magic can make that push, whether the Magic can, can compete with these teams. And, and I, you know, I think it's clear they can compete. I mean, they, Brooklyn is a legitimately good team. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and they've taken them, you know, a six-point difference between two games in the last week, both coming in uh, out of late-game execution and late-game plays. I mean, there's this, you know, I know Steve Clifford's big into the Pat Riley phrase, it's a make-or-miss league either. You only can put players in positions to make shots. The Magic have been in positions to make shots. They've had open looks that just would not go down or would not fall, and they haven't. And really, I think the bigger issue late in games has been their defense, which uh, and overall has been their defense, which which hasn't played up to the level it was in December when they made their little push to get into the playoff race. Um, and so these next, this next week, like these next, I mean, obviously the next two weeks of the trade deadline 
is going to be big to, to kind of tip the scales one way or the other. Uh, but the one question that, that I did want to ask you uh, as well, though, is how much of a factor do you think the fact that the Magic haven't made the playoffs in six years, that this is the deepest and closest they've been to the playoffs since Dwight Howard left, since the rebuild began with Rob Hennigan in 2012, how much of a factor is that going to play into the decision-making that Jeff Weltman and John Hammond make? Yeah, I, I think it's a bigger factor than a lot of people would give credit to, especially those who aren't here and around the team a lot like we are. I think there is a sense here, and especially in town and with the team of, we want to make the playoffs, but I think they're doing it with the right way of we want to make the playoffs, but we're not going to go out and trade Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba for a minimal upgrade on an expiring contract. That they're not trading gets us- Tobias Harris for Brandon Jennings and Arizona. So. That, that <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. just, just say that, just yeah. say that, calm everyone yeah. down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're not giving up the, uh, the, the two kind of future building block pieces for a minor upgrade. Even if that minor upgrade pushes them into the eight seed, they don't want to make it that bad. But if there's a move to be made that upgrades the team, doesn't hamper them too much long term, it's, you know, and we can get into it if you want about what, you know, the summer might influence the trade deadline for the Magic. Um, you know, I think they, they, they're definitely looking and interested. They've been very active. One of the positions I think we all know that they're trying to upgrade is the point guard spot. And they've been, you know, really kind of looking at that almost all season long, then that's no indictment on DJ Augustin, who's been probably had one of the better years of his career. I would, you know, I would venture to guess this is not a career season. He's, he scored more, but, but this is, you know, for the first, for the first time ever, he's had a good season followed by another good season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's been kind of his track record, right? It's a really good year followed by a down year. And I think it, you know, he's just the way I term it with him is he's just been steady. Yeah. You know, he, he, he doesn't win you games, but he certainly doesn't lose you games. And a lot of times that's good from a point guard. But in all reality, on a playoff team and on a really good team, DJ's a, a good, you know, high end backup point guard. And that's OK, right? That That's a very valuable role to have in the NBA. And, you know, that's a guy that people are looking at. So that's a position they want to upgrade. And then the rest is is, you know, if there's something to be done, let's look at it. And they've got a couple you know, nice trade pieces that don't involve wrecking the future core or um, involve like, hey, we got to pay somebody to take on really crappy money. You know, so I think it's a, you know, one of those things where, again, I, I not to beat a dead horse here, but I think it's in the next week, we're going to know a lot more about where this team sees themselves. They, they've, you know, obviously lost the other night. If they go out and lose three more games in a row, one of those to a Wizards team that they're right in direct contention with, all of a sudden you may see the Magic say, all right, now we get to think about this completely differently and switch gears. But if they you know, go 500 or win a handful of those games or another big player in the East gets hurt, then all of a sudden I think you're looking at the Magic saying, all right, you know, let, let's push in and let, let's get a deal done. But it's not going to be something that is, you know, a blockbuster as far as, all right, we traded away these young guys in a draft pick for an upgrade that pushes us just into the playoffs one year. They're, they're not there as a team. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree completely with that. I mean, I, I think the sense that I've gotten is, is kind of what you're saying is the magic aren't going to do anything short term to hurt the long term, but they're mm-hmm. not going to do anything long term that hurts their playoff chances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's that, that's exactly that's a great way to put it. Yeah, and and obviously, I, I think again how close they are to the playoffs is. I, I know it's the East, and and I, I kind of want to get your opinion on this too. Um, it, it is the Eastern Conference. The eighth seed in the playoffs is probably going to end up with 
37, 38 wins. They're, they're probably not going to hit 40. You know, maybe, maybe they'll hit 40, but they're probably going to be under 500. Before we move on to sort of the individual assets that the Magic have and the decisions they have to make, do you subscribe to the theory that there is value in just making the playoffs outside of the whole franchise going to the playoffs, extra revenue, all that jazz? Is there value to a young team like the Magic just playing in these pressure-packed games into March and April? Yeah, 100%. If, if, you're, if you're the Miami Heat or the Detroit Pistons, it's not worth it to you just to get into the playoffs to get destroyed by Milwaukee or Toronto and swept in the first round. If you're Orlando and you haven't been there, none of your guys have really played meaningful basketball games much past, you know, in some cases, Christmas. Yo, or New Year's, um, having them play meaningful ball games all the way down into in, into and including the playoffs would be massive because young teams never win their first time around. So if you go in your first time into the playoffs and you 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 know, get beat up and you get swept or maybe you take a game, that's fine because now you've got that out of the way. Now it's all right, you know, it turns around. Team, I don't think people realize how different the playoffs are from. Even little things that throw players off, like game start times are later than usual. Or earlier. You're, or or earlier, yeah, in some cases. Yeah, because you might be playing on the weekends and you'll have those those midday tips. But but if it's a weeknight game, right, we, we both know Orlando home games are almost always at 7 p.m. Um, you might play at 8 o'clock because that might be the yeah, window. Not That's mention, an hour different. Not to mention there, too, playing uh, – I, I mean, this is this seems like an inconsequential thing, but the commercial breaks during national TV games yep. are longer. Uh, yep. The pass yeah. time is longer. Yep. The, I mean, the, the, I mean even the, I know players like to say the media doesn't bother them. Media attention is bigger. Just getting a taste of all that matters, especially for a Magic team that is still, frankly, so far under the radar that that you know the thought of them making the playoffs still kind of boggles people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. And to you know to get, give a little uh, inside baseball here, it's. It's very rare when we see a national, um, you know, writer from one of the big outlets show up in Orlando, and it's more often, unfortunately, to say it's usually related to whoever the other team is that's there. Um, you know, that's when we tend to see them. But to that point, what you said about the media, media obligations are different both pre and post game. You know, so it all just feels very, very different. Not to mention, then you're on the court, and a lot of times in the playoffs, you're the only game in that window, um, and you know, all eyes are on you. And you know, and you're you're obviously playing in front of a packed house, and you know, people going crazy, and all those kind of things. And that's 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 what you want to have your guys experience because you want to get that out of the way early. So then maybe you know, let, let's say they make it this year, and let's say it's quick. Let's say they get swept. But now you've got that experience under your belt. So next year, if you're good again and you get in and now you're ready to maybe make a little noise, you're not you're not going through those baby steps. Everybody wants to look at that Thunder team with KD and Ross that made the the finals run when they were super, you know, they were they were they, they like lost babies. The before, though. They lost exactly. Everybody the, forgets that. The they close, lost their first example year. example closer to home. 2007, the Magic make the playoffs at 40 and 42. First time Dwight Howard's in the playoffs. They get swept by the Pistons. Mm-hmm. I, I am, you know, and yes, Orlando kind of shifted gears completely. They let Grant Hill go. They brought in Richard Lewis that summer. Uh, yeah, they really changed their style of play. But I'm still convinced that that year helped Orlando take a, a big leap the following season uh, to get to the second round uh, and, and win their division for the first time in 12 years. Uh, and, and and that was, and I mean, I, I've had a lot of people say, why would, why would you want to get swept? I'm like, the Magic's 2009 finals run started with getting swept in 2007. 
It, it, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely vital. And, and honestly, I would say this too. I think a lot of, uh, like Aaron Gordon's a good example. Aaron Gordon is a guy who works really, really hard. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't doubt his work ethic and his desire to be great. He's honestly, in my opinion, shown some great improvements and development this year. He does not know how much harder he has to work to get up to a playoff level because he's yep. never been there. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You, well, let's just say they get in and you throw him against Kawhi Leonard for four games. All of a sudden you realize like, all right, I've seen Kawhi in the regular season, but I saw 85, 90% of Kawhi. Now I'm seeing Kawhi at a hundred percent going and trying to, you know, he's trying to, you know, basically end my season. It's so, di- I have had so many players and coaches tell me, Everything is different when a team's trying to play to end your season. There, that's when you start seeing it gets really cutthroat, and it's also good for 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 the coaching staff too. Now, Steve Clifford's been to the playoffs before, but it's good for the players to realize: no, this is what happens in the playoffs. You spend the next, you're gonna, you know, over a two week period, you're gonna play somewhere between four and seven games against the same team, and you are able to do different things than it is night to night in the regular season. You know, I, I asked Coach Clifford about this, um, you know, early on in the year, how hard it is to go from defending one style to another style. I think it was before the Denver game, and he goes, it's almost impossible. That's why in the regular season, this is what our defensive identity is going to be. We're going to do this. You maybe make subtle adjustments and tweaks here and there, but there's just not time to game plan for each team. But in the playoffs, 100%, it's, all right, we know what these guys want to do. We're going to try to attack them this way, and that's how we're going to build it out. There two two other quick things too is one it's playing meaningful games all the way through the regular season right because yep. no matter what the Magic aren't gonna they're, they're not gonna it's going to the last day with early them. exactly it's gonna if they get in it's all the way to the end so that's great that's great experience of a you know a situation where every game counts you know that that's you know really really important and and you, you want to get these guys you know get, getting there and then the other thing is. It becomes a tool, whether it's for retaining guys or signing new guys to say you're joining a playoff team. It just feels differently than saying, you know, help us get to the playoffs. What you're saying is, hey, we made it. Help us take the next step. And that's a big, big difference. Orlando's probably not in the market for a max free agent. I mean, it's just not not in the cards. Yeah, they don't have the the money for it. And and even if they, they did, it's probably just not there right now. But that kind of second tier guy who might look at it and say, Hey, maybe I can be the guy who helps push this team over the top. And now, now you're you're back there again, and now you're ready to make some noise. Those are the things I think you really want to do um, for for your team and for your franchise. Not not only that, but it's you know it, it's good to get the fans going, get the fans really interested and excited. Um, you know, because you, you never want to be in a spot where the fans are like, eh, you know, I'm kind of done with this team. You know, by the middle of March, because it doesn't really matter. You know, unfortunately, we both know a lot of fans in Orlando post-trade deadline have kind of checked out the past few years because it's, well, this team stinks. There's no reason to really watch anymore. And it's, we're not making any trades. We're not doing anything. So uh, yeah, I'll just catch the highlights of how Aaron Gordon did or how Jonathan Isaac looked, you know, so those are, that's where you want to be. If you can keep them engaged and ready to go, it's just a completely different feeling for everybody involved in the organization. 
then the other thing I really wanted to talk about too is because I hear a lot of people like, wouldn't it be better if we just tanked? Well, unfortunately, you've already <laughs> no, you're not bad enough. You've already won way too many games to do that. You're, you know, I mean, just look at it right now. They are eleven and a half games ahead of the Cavaliers. Now that says a heck of a lot more about just how bad the Cavaliers yeah. are. But you're you're too far ahead. You you couldn't you know you would have even, to even blatant- to get into the even to get into the the top the bottom three, which is which is the yeah. threshold now for for the top yep. lottery odds. The Magic are just too good, and honestly. I would say that if the Magic play that poorly the rest of the way, that is far more concerning than if the team does its best, barely misses the playoffs, and ends up with the tenth pick in the draft. Absolutely, yeah. They they would have to to get to get in that bottom three. They'd have to start Mozgov, Copain, Jefferson, you and me to you know to to lose enough games. And that group the, still might beat the Cavs. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we yeah they still we play Cleveland not. twice. You you and I could definitely score on Cleveland, I think, on a pick <laughs> and pop action. But you know, it is yeah, it that's the problem. You know, I, I've had enough people say that to me. Is like like, well, shouldn't we, you know, shouldn't we immediately turn to tanking? It's just not worth it. You you're already you're already there. It's better to go the other way and play meaningful games and try to try try to win. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're sitting at, you know, 15 wins. Yeah, that's still in range. Yo, all right, call it. You know, if if that's you know, if you're really terrible in that direction to go, go. But but they're they're not that bad. You know, I know that's frustrating and people are like, no, they're terrible. They're, they're really not. You know, they they've already won too many games to get all the way down as it stands yeah, already. Yeah, and the, the magic and the and, and the magic are sort of in this weird place where I I would probably say they're the worst of the content of the playoff contending teams. Like statistically. They're clearly a lot better than those tanking teams, but they're not good. They're probably they're statistically at least not good enough to really be with Detroit and Washington even in that race for the playoff race. So Orlando's in a weird spot there. I would also add add another thing here that I really think that the main goal for Jeff Weltman and John Hammond with this season and probably heading into next season is to restore kind of legitimacy in the franchise. Um, because you're yeah. right, free agents are probably not looking at Orlando as a winning situation. So if you're going to bring in a free agent, you're going to have to overpay and you're not getting the top-end talent, um, which is why I've kind of been advocating that as Orlando is looking for deals, they have to be willing to take on some dead money, uh, no, no matter no matter who it is. Um, they're probably going to have to be willing to take on a bad contract to get the young guy that they really, really like. Uh, so there, there definitely is a little bit of that in play where the Magic are just trying to restore their reputation around the league. And honestly... The only way to do that is to win. And that's why I think even just missing the playoffs by a few games, winning 32, 33, 34 wins starts getting you in that right direction. Uh, winning is going to help Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac grow a lot more than just throwing them out there blindly for playing time, in, in my opinion. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm with you. Just echoing, uh, I'm in complete agreement with everything you just said. So so let's turn now to the uh, to the main decisions the Magic have to make at this trade deadline. Uh, the biggest one is obviously regarding Nikola Vucevic, and, and I think there's a lot of story, a lot of uh, intrigue wrapped in that because clearly the Magic drafted Mo Bamba, who is a project, going to need a few years, but they clearly drafted him to be the starting center of the future. Vucevic has had this breakout year; he's he's you know on track to possibly maybe be an All Star. Um, you know, I, I hate saying this, a spot did open up with Victor Oladipo's injury. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, Victor. Um, and it's also ruining my dream of seeing Vucevic, Oladipo, Tobias Harris, and Serge Ibaka all playing on the All-Star team <laughs> at the same time, which which was at least remotely possible for a little <laughs> while. Um, but uh, but but 
there's obviously there, there, there's this huge decision coming up because Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent this summer. It's not yep. very clear how much the Magic are going to be willing to pay him, how how long they're willing to pay him. I think more importantly, and how much Vucevic is willing to accept to stay in Orlando because this is probably his last big contract. On top of all that, I, I really think that there is a perception question that the Magic are going to have to be ready to answer for if Vucevic is named an All Star and they trade him before the All-Star game so that he's wearing another team's jersey in Charlotte. I, I think that would be completely unacceptable for this franchise and, again, hurt their idea of becoming a legitimate franchise again. Uh, you trade your All-Star before the All-Star game, I think that's going to not bode well in free agency or not look good, certainly to fan, to casual fans, and look well to, to other players, I think, around the league as well. So where do you begin with Nik- Nikola Vucevic in assessing both his, his value on the market and what the Magic should do? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I had I didn't even given that thought of the whole I'm still wrapping my head around that the trade deadlines before the all-star break this year. Yeah. And that's a great point. Yeah, that would I mean that's just optics wise, that looks awful. You know, that like here's the best guy on the franchise, first all-star. Would it be first all-star first since all-star Dwight, since right? Dwight. Yep, first all-star yeah, since so, Dwight. Yeah, all of a sudden now it's so that's what, six years. Now you're saying, you know, it's yeah, but he was our all-star and, you know, they'd still celebrate him. We love you, Nick, but, you know, good luck on the, you know, Raptors or whatever team they traded him to. You know, like that, yeah, that, that would be a bad look. I think what it comes down to is you hope at this point Jeff Waltman and John Hammond and, and Vooch and his representatives have had some good, honest contracts about what the future holds. Because if you're looking at it as, all right, we can get him on a contract that is a – it's either fair or team friendly. You know, Vooch is 28 years old now. You know, he'll be 29 at the start of next season. So that's that's starting to, you know, guys play later and longer, but that's, you know. He's, he's you're, in his you're, prime right now. Exactly. You're in your prime. You're more and you're probably closer to your backside than you are to, you know, having a much more potential to grow as a player. Now, so you're looking at it as, all right, if I can get you on a team friendly contract, that's fine because we've seen enough out of Mobamba to know now. Well, he may be the future. That future is probably at least two, if not three, more seasons away before he's really ready to step in and be the starting five man on what you hope is a really good team. You know, meaning by two, I don't mean I'm not doing the Bruno Caboclo two years. From three <laughs> oh years. yeah, yeah, no, he you can know, play off the bench. He's not two years away from being yeah, two years away. He's two exactly. years away from being a year away from starting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good way to put it. You know, so so at that point, you're looking at, all right, so if we re-sign Vooch for two or three years, you know, or may, maybe give him a two plus one deal where he kind of controls that third year. and Because the last thing Vooch is going to want to do is now all of a sudden I've been in Orlando for 10 years and we've never, we still haven't sniffed the playoffs if things continue to go poorly. Of course, he's not going to want to be here and you don't want it to go that way. So, so you're hoping at this point, you've got that good understanding of what does he want to do? What do you want to do? Where does it want to, where, where does that all shake out? What is your thoughts on Bamba there? Because, you know, you ostensibly drafted his replacement already, even though now I think we know it's going to take a little while longer than we had all hoped with Bamba. You know, and that 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 becomes a big part of your decision making. Now, obviously, if some team blows you away with, hey, we need Vooch because we think he's the missing ingredient. We're going to trade you, you know, this really good young player, you know, this prospect that, you know, we just, you know, we, we could, you know, if uh, I'm not saying this is even a possibility, but if it was like the Los Angeles Clippers said, you know, hey, we think Vooch puts us over the top and puts us in the playoffs. We're willing to trade you Shea Gilgis Alexander. 
Thanks, Vooch, for the memories. Good luck in Los Angeles. Yo, because because that fills a position of need that helps you, yo, do do what you're doing. But that's probably not the offers that are going to come. So my thought is, unless you are of the belief that he has told you, look, I'm 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 probably done here. I'm probably going to look at you know going somewhere else. Then you have no re- real reason to move him unless you're blown away in an offer. If he says I'm looking to go somewhere else, well then you're you're willing to take a lesser package because that's what makes sense for you building the franchise forward because you don't want to lose them for nothing um, there. But then I go back to if you're still trying to be a playoff team, well now you're looking to add to Vooch. So you you know because you're not going to be one without him. So so that becomes your that that's kind of decision point A. What type kind of team are we trying to be the rest of the year? And that's what you're trying to figure out when you go there. And then it becomes if you're going to trade him, well, all right, now let's start looking down the rest of the roster because a lot of these other guys all of a sudden don't have the value to us that we had that they once had either. So it's probably time to start considering moving some of them too. Yeah, and I think I think this is a really really complicated decision with a lot of moving parts because of you know, where this franchise wants to go. And I think really a big task that, that Jeff Fultman had before him when he took over the Magic was to kind of regain some financial flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he took over a team that, that didn't have a lot of cap, that had virtually no cap room. They'll have, they had no cap room again last year. So his two summers, he had no maneuverability. This summer, the only way the Magic can really create cap room is if they get rid of, if they move on from Vucevic and from Terrence Ross, who we'll get to in a moment. Uh, and and even then, what are you really going to do? So you, you got to be smart with how you use the cap. You don't want to be locked into a team that that has a clear ceiling, which you know arguably you could say that that this current Magic group is kind of at their ceiling because uh, uh, you know as as good as they, I mean, this is the best that they've played as as a unit. You know, they're still looking at eight seed barely, if that. So you don't want to tie yourself, I think, to a group that doesn't have room for continued growth. But at the same time, you cannot just lose your best player for nothing, uh, especially if he's coming off an all-star year, especially if he is the key to your most successful season in six years. And it's really, I think, just going to come down to whether Vucevic is willing to meet, to come to the Magic's price, whether he agrees to the year, whether the two sides can agree to the year. And then, yeah, I think that structure is really important. I mean, we saw Jeff Weltman uh, get Aaron Gordon back on a very team-friendly deal. If, if, Vucevic can, if they can get Vucevic on a similar kind of deal then even a four-year deal, I think, at that point feels a little bit better to Orlando than, than it might be otherwise. Yeah, and if you do something like how they structured Aaron Gordon's uh, new contract where you make it a declining deal where you know maybe you start him a little higher than – then what people think, well, let's say you start Vooch at 20 million and then you decline that down year to year and it ends, you know, in that fourth year around 16 million or so, that's fine. You know, he, he's still going to be a $16 million player there. And you're, you know, and those in a lot of ways, those are better deals for teams because you're paying, let, let, let's assume you do that. Let's assume he's coming off an all-star or near all-star season and you paid him $20 million. Well, guess what? That's the going rate for a really good big man. So that's fine. Now, if it goes up from there and it ends at, you know, 24 million, uh, that's a little more sketchy, right? You start to feel yeah. a little queasy about that. But if you can get it to go go down or even stay flat or something like that, it's really not as bad as it as it could be. So that's the 
the, the these are the things that's you know it's funny i i get criticized a lot because you know people will I, I you know and i do the same thing you fire up the trade machine whichever one you like i like real gms but you know espn seems to be the one of choice for most people you fire up the trade machine and you start making all these trades and they all look great or you open up 2k and you know here it is. Who says I, no I, and and who can say no right? <laughs> yeah right right in, in you know and the first thing i always get is like no you can't trade nick vucevic for kevin durant because it doesn't really mark work money wise plus the warriors would would say no so you know but like you know once you even get beyond those but what you're not thinking about is that's just saying nick vucevic 12.75 million this season this is what he is off he goes and you're not considering anything down the line because in our world playing fake gm it doesn't matter if you're jeff weltman and john hammond it really does because now you really get to figure this out and you made a great point if you turn around and trade this guy and he was an all-star, oh man, that is a mess. You know, people are not going to like that at all. And that's that. That's one of the things where I could honestly see Magic fans being like, you just gave away the only kind of fun thing we had, you know, going for us. So that's, you You really got to be careful. And it's, again, it all for me comes back to what, what's the intention this summer, both on Vooch's side and the Magic side. If you, if you have a pretty good handle on that, you have a pretty good handle on how to approach the trade deadline, and, and, and I think on that point we also kind of forget that that if, if you're listening, if you're listening to Keith and I have this conversation, if you're going on to OrlandoMagicDaily.com or Real GM or or to any of these sites or playing even in the trade machine, I, I think you got to kind of step away from that bubble a little bit. You know, uh, Vucevic does I think still I mean despite how well he's played and, and he's been very good this year. There's still this very complicated relationship with with Magic fans, I think, because he is essentially the symbol of the last six years of futility. He's the one guy that everyone was sure the Magic would get rid of, uh, that didn't fit the future, that that was kind of a dinosaur, that the Magic couldn't get rid of, couldn't find anyone better than, and he just kind of stuck it out. And that's not an, I mean, that's that is a, a backhanded compliment to Vucevic, but. Uh, there, I think there is a large number of fans who are just like, you know, even if he's an all-star, it's, it's time to move on. Uh, it, it's time to find go in a different direction, let Bamba play and make his mistakes. But I think you got to step away from that bubble sometimes and realize that the majority of people who go to games that follow the team, the majority of the business side of the NBA are fans who catch the highlights on SportsCenter or go to one, two, maybe three games a year. They, there, there is a perception that you have to create about your team that they're going to be successful, that the Magic are still trying to recreate because right now everyone just assumes every deal is going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so giving away an all-star player, giving away your best player for some future prospect isn't going, unless it's like a, a big name, isn't going to boost the franchise's value or boost the franchise's perception any. And again, I think that's really the fight that, that Jeff Weltman has to do both with fans and around the league that the magic are a legitimate franchise again. Um, yeah, I'm with you. And just to kind of close the book there, it, it goes back to me. If you're going to trade him, you better return something that yeah. fans can really get excited about and get behind. You know, I know a lot of people, okay, I, I just did uh, the Lakers nation podcast and there's a lot of Laker fans that are like, Hey, you're in Orlando. Can we get Vucevic? And it's like, I mean, yeah, I think that's the one team they won't trade a center to ever again. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, there's a lot of optics there that, that could, you know, make that, that, you know, really go, go poorly. But, but let, let's say they could, you know, let, let's say they say, you know what, 
we're we're willing to throw in you know we've got other things happening here we're willing to toss you brandon ingram let's just say you know with something else to make the salary match well all of a sudden if you're the magic it's like geez we don't have a brandon ingram all right you know and i think fans could kind of talk themselves into all right you know we we like brandon ingram we we can get behind this but it's got to be Something like that that gets people excited or, you know, I threw out that really super, you know, off the wall, Shea Gilgis Alexander type of thing. Like those would be things that people could get behind if it's just, you know, moving them to move, like move them. And, you know, even if it was moving them and getting back a draft pick, I think people are going to be like, great, another draft pick that maybe pans out or doesn't like like you got to bring back something that excites people. Otherwise, it's just going to be, you know, another whole thing. Like you said, it's going to be. Cool. So we traded Dwight Howard for, you know, really nothing to show for it now. And, you know, we've lived through now over half a decade with, you know, just garbage basketball. And, you know, why do I care again? And that that's that's the attitude you got to change. Yeah. Um, let's let's move on then to to I think the other big name, probably the biggest name that the Magic have on the trade market. And that's Terrence Ross. Another a, a career year for him. He's he's in the running for six man of the year, even if no one's talking about that very much. Um, he's just been a spark plug for the team. Just been a, a great shooter. Uh, any he's he, uh, uh, the way that I've described him with a lot of people, and I've talked about trade trade talks is he's just plug and play. You, you don't have to mm-hmm. do very much with him. Just put him in the lineup. He'll find a way to get his shots, and, and he'll make them because he's shooting the ball incredibly well this year. Uh, what's what's the decision point there for Orlando? Is, is this a guy that the Magic want to bring back next year uh, if they're already going to spend money on Nik- Nikola Vucevic or? Uh, or, or what do you think the magic can get for him on this market? Yeah. So again, to, you know, kind of broken record, but your first decision point is, are we trying to, trying to get to the playoffs? If we are, well, Terrence Ross is a huge part of that. He stays and we'll figure it out. And then there it, it you said it, if you're going into the summer and, you know, we're going to try to resign Vooch and bring him back. Well, at that point, look at resigning Ross. And again, if you do it to a reasonable contract, he makes 10.5 million this year. Give him a little bump on that, you know, because he, he's a little older, right? He He's what, he's 27, almost 28. Uh, well, 28 in like a week um, as I look at it. Uh, just before, yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Just before the trade deadline. Um, you know, so Terrence Ross, you, you bring, you, you're bringing him in at 28. All right. That's a four year, let's say $15 million starting salary. Not the end of the world, right? Still stays pretty tradable. He's a, he's a guy whose game should, you know, age pretty well. He's, you know, I know he can still get up, but, you know, for the most part now he's a shooter. Um, that, that's, you know, really what he kind of makes his money at, and that's always has value. But if you're going to trade him, it's as weird as it is to say, because Vooch is the best player we just talked about, he might be an all-star. Ross might actually have more value because, because of what you said, because he's plug and play. Teams are always looking for wings who can shoot. And he's not your traditional 3 and D wing because he's not a great um, defensive player. But he can certainly hold his own. Um, and that's you know really, really important to teams coming off the bench. So in a lot of ways, you might get a better return on a guy like Ross that's a little more immediate as far as you, know, you move him off. Because uh, just looking at the NBA standings, there's – 10 teams that are in playoff contention at least that could use a Terrence Ross in a big way because he would really, really help them. Like like a team like Philadelphia, he would be he, – he'd instantly be the – yeah, he, he'd be the, what, second best wing on the team behind J.J. Redick. And that's, you know, that that's just kind of crazy to say. Well, and Jimmy Butler, obviously. But, you know, Does Ben Simmons count as a wing? wing so. uh, I mean, he, I call he's him a, a guard, technically. Handler. 
Yeah, I call him a ball handler now. It's gotcha, just gotcha. that's what he is. You know, so it's but yeah, you you get him in there. Or what about Indiana, right? They obviously now need a little bit of help, unfortunately. So, you know, there's a team that could that could, you know, benefit and you could get something good in return. So so I think I think Ross is one of these guys who if they fall out of it, I think Ross more than Vooch, because there's just not that history. There's not that, you know, uh, attachment to him. You probably want to really look to move him if you fall out of the race, because because he is going to return you something of value and it's going to be helpful for you going down the line. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that Ross is a really interesting case uh, for for that reason. And, and I think there, there there is the potential that you could get something really, really good for him. Um, just. Just kind of circling back around to, to, to what the Magic are looking to get out, whether they're buying or selling. I mean, clearly, they're fishing around for point guards. They've been linked in, in reports and rumors to pretty much every possible point guard who is <laughs> yeah. on the market outside of Mike Conley, but that one's just started, and I'm sure they've called um, and, and realized how expensive he, w- he would be and, and how quickly they'd have to shift from developing for the future to winning now to, to keep him. Uh, but, but obviously, they're looking for a point guard, but judging by... What the, where the Magic are at, what realistically should they be aiming to accomplish at this trade deadline? What, what's a realistic goal for them as they're fishing for, for deals to, to make their team better or to prepare for the future? Yeah, I would say, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're committing to, we want to try to make, make the playoffs, I would be looking at, all right, what do we have to do to bring in an impact player? It's all going to start with two guys on the magic rosters, just because of where their contract numbers fall. It's, it's Mozgov and Jonathan Simmons, because combined that's 22 million that gets you an impact guy who can push you over the top. Now, Simmons is is essentially the de facto expiring contract. He's only got a million dollars guaranteed for next year. Challenges Mozgov has sixteen point seven. So what you might see happen? He's got he's got this year and next year on his deal. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you know, I'm I'm more talking next year. Gotcha. Um, you know, contracts at this point. So what you're looking at, if you're doing that, you've got Mozgov and Simmons. So so twenty two million this year combined. Now, next year, let's just say Simmons caught him at the million. Um, so now you're talking 17.7 million combined next year. Well, that's you're probably saying, all right, we might have to throw in a pick. But again, if you're getting an impact player, all right, so maybe you throw back your lottery protected first. So that way, if things fall apart and you don't make the playoffs, you're protected. Those are the two guys you got to look at if you're trying to if you're trying to go in and, and get in the playoffs. That also gets it done without touching any of the guys who matter you're you're not moving isaac you're not moving moving bomba you're not you're not moving aaron gordon you know basically you know and sim mozgov at this point he's literally just a con next year he will be timothy mozgov's expiring contract yep and simmons isn't even he's playing he's played a little because when gordon was out but he's really not even a rotation guy he's been Orlando simmons is ta- i mean simmons coming off that wrist injury has been just abysmal and he had a good game last night he's actually I think he's played well the last three games since Gordon went out, but it's it's clear Owundu's kind of the guy to take on that role more. Yeah, definitely, and and, and I think too, I think it's it's uh with, with Simmons, it I, I think that's what it is. It's if we can get similar production out of a younger guy, let's just get the younger guy the minutes and the experience, and you know, and I think it, but I think. I think they might try to do right by Simmons of, Hey, let's get you somewhere where you can play maybe more and, and show us your thing. So, so, all right. So what's 22 million get you? Well, if you want to go Mike Connolly, but if you go Mike Connolly, you're basically saying, all right, we're now committed to Mike Connolly and whatever's left with minor upgrades around it for the next, you know, 
three seasons this year plus the next two years because the money on contracts Connolly's contract at that point you're saying well we might as well resign Vooch might as you're, well you're resign going, you're, you're trying to win and, and exactly and nothing else yep. is acceptable like exactly like this yeah season, there's no reason this season yep. was another no loss season for Jeff Waltman and John Hammond uh you know yep. they make the playoffs surprise that's fantastic they missed the playoffs you know that was expected you get another nice lottery pick anyway so yep. it, it, now if you if you bring in a guy like Mike Conley or any type of big name star at that price level that you're saying you're now shifting to Winning matters. Winning is all that matters. No more of this development BS. We yep. got to win basketball games. We got to make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's kind of the guy who jumps off the page most as you look at the teams that are out of the playoffs that could you know obviously make a huge difference here in Orlando because otherwise you're 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 looking at guys on the Hawks, Bulls, Knicks, and Cavs, and there's there's just no one there that makes a lot of sense for the Magic that could you know do that. A guy like George Hill obviously would have really helped the team, but he obviously got moved already. Um, but like the Knicks, lately it's come out they're willing to move Tim Hardaway Jr. All right, but he's not enough of an upgrade over, you know, Fournier and Ross uh, as the wing, you know, wings and the shooting guard. So you're you're, you're probably not going to do that. There's really nothing on that Bulls roster that you're going to look at. So, you know, it really kind of becomes Connolly. I had a couple of people say, well, what about could you go get them both? What if you traded, you know, Vooch in that deal? Well, I mean, I guess. But now you're kind of you're kind of locking into, all right, well, we're the Grizzlies with maybe some slightly couple younger pieces. And, you know, I mean, in the East, all right, well, that's probably, that's a playoff but then team. then you got Gasol you know? free agent this summer. Exactly. Which, which and is, if Gasol opts out, yeah. So it starts to become, that. that's one of those where it's like, hey, I kept plugging in, in names on the trade machine until I could get them both. So like, all right, yeah, I mean, you, you can do it. You can get there. Now, if, if like we said, now if it goes the other way, your goals are, I want picks and players back because this is this is where I'm going. I want to trade Vooch. I want to get you know, a pick and a player. I want to trade Ross. I want to pick and a player. And you're really looking at it. You're probably not I, – I think people might be a little deluded to think, all right, well, Vooch gets us an unprotected pick from whoever in this. You know, if it's a really good team, yeah. If it was, you know, if it was the, you know, uh, the Celtics, people like to throw the Celtics out for Vooch all the time for whatever reason. Let's say it is, yeah. Boston will probably give you their unprotected pick because what do they care? They're the giving 20s. up the yeah, They've got yeah, enough yeah, young guys. They're, they're, they're starting to pay their pay their young guys exactly. So you know, and, and and you know, and I've seen a lot of people say you know Vooch for Rogier, and it's like the, neither team's going to do that for a host of reasons beyond the fact that Boston just doesn't have those mid range picks to trade but let's just say they could make it work all right well there you're taking a you're taking an unprotected pick but let's say it's a let's say it was the clippers who were in a fight for the playoffs or even the lakers well they're going to want to protect themselves just like we talked about doing with the magic and you're probably going to say all right well a lottery protected pick and the clippers already owe a lottery protected pick so it's going to be a lottery protected pick two years from now and all these things that are thrown down the line and you know those are the things you're kind of you know looking at is you know what is it but it's a pick and a player that's what you're looking for, you know, or in the case of Ross, maybe a pick or a player, you know, and in the main thing at that point is, or if, if you're moving on from them, well, now you might as well move on from all the rest of the free agents. So the big thing you're looking to do is either dump Mozgov with one of them and really open up your cap, or I'm not going to um, take on any other money if my intention is to flip this thing, or you could go the really extreme route of, all right, we'll take back a bad contract from from you, whoever. Let's say it's the Houston Rockets. We're going to trade you Vooch, but you got to give us Brandon Knight in a first rounder for Vooch and a first rounder for eating Brandon Knight. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, 
hey, that might actually make, make some sense. I, I think that could be, uh, you know, could be, um, you know, a, uh, you know, at least a start a, of something. A, yeah, that, that that if you're there, if you're if you're the Magic, you're like, all right, you know, now fans are gonna be like, what the heck? We got Brandon Knight back. No, you got two first round got picks. Two first That's round picks to matter. get off of get off yeah. Mozgov. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah. Or or you know, uh yeah, or you know, whatever it is and you're, you're it's, moving, it's like it's like what I said with pieces. the Biz, it's like what I say with the Bismack Biombo trade. Essentially the Magic swapped Bismack Biombo for Timothy Mozgov and acquired Jaron Grant, who you know, they they gave away two second round picks in that deal too, which is certainly worth criticism. But essentially they took a low risk flyer on an expiring expiring guy on a rookie contract just to see what he could give you. Hasn't given you much, but it really didn't hurt you, I think, in the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's, and, that's and kind of the philosophy here. Exactly. Yeah. If you're trading it, sometimes you got to look at look past the players coming back because a lot of times that guy's now just a contract. It doesn't it doesn't matter. That's where the magic will be with Mozgov next year. He's not Timofey Mozgov's meaningful minutes in the NBA are are completely done. So it'll be you know that you just got to be you know really careful my, my my thing is like fine if you want to go the complete other direction and take on bad money you better do it and get paid for it yep you do it and don't get paid adequately well then you really screwed this whole thing up and now you made a mess of everything yep and and, and I, i'm happy to report the orlando magic have traded tobias harris for ersan olyasova and brandon jennings <laughs> yeah exactly yeah which is you know still it's funny i had somebody ask me like like how do how was that trade received and i'm like how do you think that trade was received <laughs> that trade was not received received well when it happened never mind you know now now what three four years later that tobias harris has blown up and is I, really I think good I was the only guy that was like you know let's not judge this until we see how they <laughs> spend the cap room and then they spent it on bismack biombo and i was just like yeah this deal always, it, it, this it, deal it, always sucked and never ever forget jeff green's one year for 15 million or whatever it was see that one doesn't <laughs> kill me as much like that yeah because it was one year was one was year fun. flyer on a guy everyone <laughs> yeah. had money to spend you Jeff know. Green. Jeff Green was a good dude, just not a great basketball player. Um, Keith, uh, let everyone know where they can find you on the Twitters so they can they can harass you with questions as the trade deadline gets closer. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're listening, you probably know anyway, but you can find me on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Um, you know, I, I will tell you, I, I used to do a lot of like responding to the, you know, screenshots of the trade machine and all that. Now I, I tend to try to stay away because then all that does is it invites That's more dangerous. crazy stuff. And yeah, it will, and, and what gets me is then. Then, then you get the people who start like, "Hey, this trade works. I traded, you know, Timofey Moskov for Draymond Green. Would the Warriors do this?" And it's like, you know, the Warriors wouldn't do that. Why are you sending this to me? You know, so just because a trade okay. works in the trade machine doesn't mean it <laughs> works. Doesn't mean it's something yeah. rational human beings will do. Then again, the yeah. NBA is the, one of the most irrational places I've ever been around. Yeah, yeah, it's you know now it's. I always love to say with the NBA. Nothing surprises me anymore until the next thing surprises me. And then what <laughs> happened here? You know, so it's, yeah, it's it's there. There's a reason why it's my absolute favorite league, favorite sport in the world, is because you know we we get all this craziness and and we said it at the top. Their trade deadline better and than any other team's tra- any other sports trade deadline. It's not even close. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Keith, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. You can of course follow. Uh, him at Keith Smith NBA. You can see his work on Yahoo Sports. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore on D. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And check out the rest of the Locked On podcast network just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. You can also tell your smart home device to play podcasts, Locked On, and the team you're looking for. The Locked On podcast network, it's your team 
every day. That's going to do it for me today. I'll see you all again. To, I'll see you all again on Monday. We'll recap the weekend games. The Orlando Magic taking on the Washington Wizards at the Amway Center for Stuff's birthday. Happy 30th birthday, Stuff. You don't look a day over 25. Uh, you could you, that'll be at the Amway Center at seven o'clock. You can check, catch that on Fox Sports Florida. And of course, check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for a complete recap of that game. Until next time. For Keith Smith, this has been Philip Rosenreich of Locked on Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.